0: foreign podcast sponsored by betfred and produced by feed ignite my guest this week is boxing trainer and promoter dave coldwell this was a really really fascinating chat his boxing iq as you all know is is off the charts the way he analyzes the game is incredible so it was an absolute honor having this this man on he was in tony bellew's corner for some of tony's biggest fights as well just honestly a, a great guy and some life he's had some life he's had and it's, it's very interesting kind of how he he started in uh, the late the late and, and great uh, brendan Ingles boxing gym in sheffield and how he kind of started out there and how he found his purpose in life with boxing a gentleman of the highest order as well and and a proper family man as well. We have a great chat about family and how he kind of spaces out his time between boxing and family, and it's, it's, it's great. And with him doing that, he's so happy in life, and I'm so happy for him. This is a really great chat. I have actually known Dave couple of years now, but I've only known him through social media, DMing each other for the last, say, two to three years. So this was the first proper chat we've ever had. Honestly, what a great one. Boxing fans are going to love it. And of course, we have to talk about Man United because uh, we both support the club. I'm not going to tell you what impression he does at the end for, for the Wheel of Impression segment, but my God, I have to say, no disrespect to the previous guests that were on. Dave's attempt so far is number one. I think we need to put a little chart up like they did in Top Gear. You know, the fastest lap. I think we need to do the best impression because uh, Dave is number one with this impression. I think you guys are going to be impressed by it. The Alpharm podcast, Dave Caldwell. Enjoy it, folks, and have a fantastic weekend and happy Halloween. Game on. Get £30 in free bets from Betfred when you sign up and stake a tenner. Football racing rugby boxing betfred have markets available on all of the biggest matches races fights and more download the betfred app from the app store or google play store or sign up through betfred.com game on 18 plus begambleaware.org UK and Northern Ireland only. First sports bet of £10 and over in one transaction settled in 60 days. Odds evens brackets 2.0 and over £30 free bet paid within 10 hours of bet settlement. Seven day expiry. Payment restrictions apply. SMS validation may be required. Full terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. It's a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to have Dave Caldwell on the podcast this week. Dave, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm very good, thank you very much, mate. I'm very good, um, keeping as well as you can be. Back in the yeah. gym with the with the guys now, so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all good as long as I've got as long as I've got the family at home, the football and the boxing going. Yes, I can cope I can call with anything else. Yes, I have
0: Rory Jennings on last week. Who'd be on uh, the kick off with True Geordie, and. We were just, we were speaking about how, you know, football is such a coping mechanism for, for us, yeah. for us men during, during yeah. this, uh, during the quarantine, like, yeah. I, I was lost without the Premier League for those three yeah. months,
1: you know? Yeah, it is, it's, 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 it's funny, I mean, listen, everybody has different releases, don't they, and, mm. um, and things that kind of like, we all need a bit of escapism, and yeah. Um, you know, I, I I love I love what I do, uh, but I'm constantly thinking about it. I'm constantly thinking about boxing. I'm constantly thinking about work. Yeah. But when it when it comes to football, I kind of like I switch off. Yeah. And I can just I can just you know for whatever that game's on or if my son's playing. Yeah. I, I just I just switch off from boxing and and that's my little release from it.
0: Yeah, I actually noticed that with you with with, with football and how you kind of you react to it on social media compared to others. Yeah aka me you know you don't get too stressed about it you know you obviously you put up the videos of, of your son who's obviously yeah. uh, you know if I'm watching the videos he's a very very talented yeah. young man and he just every time every time i watch him you put you put up a video on twitter it just seems to be he's, he's improving day by day
1: yeah um, do you know what he's, he, he's got such an attitude he's got he, he, genuinely, and i'm not saying it because he's my son yeah. He's got an amazing attitude and everybody will, everybody that knows him will, will say that. He's, mm. he's very good at school. He's, he's, he's smashing all his you know, every time they do tests and things yeah. like that, when they do the scales and where they should be, he's a couple of years ahead of where he should be at school. So he's very, very clever. Um, but he looks after himself physically. He's been around me, so we do, we do his training together and things like that. And he loves football and he wants to be a footballer. And, yeah. you know, he understands that he, he, the, the odds of making it a mini school but yeah. his attitude is: is it well? If if I if I work harder than anybody else, then I can I can do it, and that's what his attitude is. Yeah, and he's willing to do that, and he is. He's improving really well, and, and cause he, I think that's that because his attitude is. You know, he's got a phenomenal work rate.
0: Yeah, oh, he does. I mean, have watched the clips of him. It's mm. it's as if he's, you know, he's the main cog in that team. He's you, he, he keeps you know, things ticking when he's playing with the the lads around them. And the, the, do you know kids, the funny
1: thing is. It sounds silly, but mm. because he he comes away on training camps with my fighters. Yeah. And and so, you know, he's quite, what he does on the pitch is mm. we all know what you should do. We can all do it in training yeah. and things like that. But he actually goes out and does it in games and he tries it in games. Now, I think that takes an incredible amount of bottle yeah. to, to end confidence and confidence and, you know, fearlessness in order to do yeah. that. And it's quite inspirational because I was a, as a fighter, I was a guy that was very, very good in the gym. Mm. Um, and then when it came to the fights, the confidence and the, the being on that stage kind of like got me. And okay. I didn't have the confidence to try things that I was doing in the gym that I did day in, day out. And of I'm just course, instilling yeah. in, in his mind that you do it every day. What's another day? It's just on, it's just on a pitch, you know, in a game situation. So he's doing that. And now he's playing a year above. He's actually doing the same things that he'll do in his own age group, he'll do the mm. same things that he's doing in training. In the games against the bigger and older kids, and I think that's that. That's a, you know, that, for me, I, I look at him sometimes. I just think, wow, I wish I had that kind of man- mentality as a yeah. kid. But a lot of that is such a young just, age. Yeah, well. it's not just my influence on him. It's, it's the fact that I take him away with the fighters like Jordan Gill and Hopi Price, and he's been around Chisora. He's been about Bellu. You know I mean, mm. he's been around fighters with that kind of mentality. Yeah. And, the young kids in the gym, like, like Jordan and Hope, he can identify them because they're young. They've kind of took themselves mm-hmm. away from the friends that did the normal things that, that, they, you know, the normal things that kids normally do, stuck yeah. with a sport and, and gone with it. And because they've got the same sort of mentality, it's brought him on. It's a really good yeah. influence for him. So, you know, it's, everybody around him is sort of like a, a really good influence around him. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: That's that's amazing, impressive, an impressive young man as well to kind of to take influence as well from from that one. Like when I was his age and I was playing football, I mean I was either giving the ball away or was or I was DIYing it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like we all did at that age. We yeah, all we yeah. all DIYed. We all wanted that little glory moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I just want to move on to yourself and and obviously your your beginnings. You were born in Calcutta. Well it's called Kolkata now. It's Yeah, yeah, changed yes. the name for some reason. They changed didn't, didn't the name. You you were you lived there, I think, for the first year of your life. You, yeah. No real recollection of it. And no. you you moved to Sheffield. What was your childhood like in kind of growing up in, in Sheffield? Not
1: not good. Not good. Mm. Um I so so my background is my dad's English mm. and my dad was out there for years working out there um for a company that I was working with. Met my mother, they got together, blah, blah, blah. My mum's from India, so but she's very westernised. So mm. after his contract or whatever um, ended out there, they came over to England, um, moved over to Sheffield. I've been there there ever since. That's how I've been brought up. Back then, I mean, I'm 45 years old. Yeah. So back then, uh, we was, well, me and my mum, but we was the only family that, that weren't just white. The comprehensive school that I ended up going to, Exfield School, great, you know, big school, fifteen hundred kids back then. I remember going there on day one and looking at it, and there was there was a girl and uh, an old one kid that was a year older uh, that were Asian, and mm-hmm. there was one black kid who could, he was in my year, and he was big. He could fight day one on school day. He had, they had this massive fight, and he could fight and like doing flying kicks <laughs> and everything. So nobody was gonna mess about with him. And and that was it, and everybody else was why. Right. And mm-hmm. um, so it was tough. It was tough. I mean, yeah. I I had I, I had you know, wanted to go to the park, where had to pass this driveway, and there was these group of older kids, like eight, 17, 18 year old kids, um, and they'd be shouting, you know, packy go home, you black bastard, this it, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, you know. Um yeah, it wasn't good. And I didn't I didn't have a good childhood at home with with my mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ended up leaving home at 15. Yeah. Um, it was a case of either, either me or her, Um and and I, I had to leave, and I left mm-hmm. home at fifteen, and and that's when I started boxing because yeah. I had enough of going to school and getting picked on, getting bullied. You know, we were on dinner tickets. Um, my dad lost his job, and and so I didn't have, you know, we didn't have any money. We used to, work, I used rock up with, like, uh, do you remember Gola trainers and and Dunlop, and you know, yeah. they, they were my my good trainers. Yeah. Um, you know, I have holes in my shoes and things like that. Mm. My trousers would be uh, be hand me down, so they won't fit. You, would people think that the cat's died and stuff like that. Mm. So I got it. I got it from all angles. I was the smallest kid. I was I was a, in a minority, and, and you know we had no money. So it was mm. it not a nice nice upbringing. It wasn't a nice childhood.
0: It, yeah, it's it's just it's amazing how far I suppose society has come since since then. Mm. You know that that I suppose we're more mature to 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 stuff like that now. I, I look I look back at kind of at history and I look back at suppose it would have been the the early eighties your, your childhood and I just yeah. it baffles me how how so, how you know that was the perception of people like yourself in society back yeah. then. It just baffles me and it's yeah. it's utter, utterly shocking. But um, no, like as you said, you kind of fifteen you left home and and boxing was kind of your i suppose your your escapism and i suppose it was yeah as you said, it's probably it was the best thing that ever happened to you in your life 100%. look at you, well, look at you now yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah 100% It 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 gave me a family um you know it gave me friends it gave me a family yeah. the, the people that I, that I was and to this day the, my closest friends are people that are in boxing yeah. you know that's that's how it it's just how it is mm. um but i remember uh, day one I walked into the gym I went to Brendan Ingle's gym the mm. first time that I went on the hunt for it I was told it was in a place called Shire Green so I'm walking around Shire Green looking for this gym <laughs> I heard it was an old church so I'm looking for every old church that I could find spent a full day looking for it and um, you know somebody told me no it's not actually here it's in Winkerbank I was like oh okay so I went over to Winkerbank and I remember I walked in the gym the first day that I walked in I'd never I was, I was terrified I used to get bullied I used to get picked on I used to get battered I was like Zero confidence. Yeah. So for me to walk into a gym took a big thing, you know, it took quite a lot. I remember I walked through the big doors and then um, as I took two steps in, I looked to my right and then um, to Thomas's gym, Brennan's gym, if you, if you've, for those that haven't been in, it's quite narrow, it's long mm-hmm. and narrow. And, and I looked to my right and I see this, and I see this big black guy and he's got, I've never seen anyone train or anything like that. He's mm-hmm. got, he's got a, a barbell on his shoulder and he's doing he squats. Now, when you're doing training and it gets a bit hard, you, you mm. snarl a little bit, don't you? Well, I've just looked to the right, So in snarling. I'm thinking he's snarling at me. I've shit myself, thought, fuck that. I've just walked straight back out of the gym. I thought, I can't do that. <laughs> so I, I, I walk back outside. So I'm thinking, I can't do that. I've, I've bottled it. Head's gone. So... I remember standing outside the gym and dress. And you know when you're having a battle with yourself, you're trying to set yourself. No, you've got to do it. And the yeah. other half of you is saying, no, I don't want to do this. I don't do this. Yeah. I'm having this little battle for about five, 10 minutes. And then I finally put up the courage. I walked in through the doors. And um, it's the best thing I ever did. And thankfully, yeah. thankfully, I didn't bottle it. And I carried on walking through doors and I, and I, and I stayed there. So, yeah. hundred percent.
0: And obviously, Brendan Engel one of the most legendary trainers as well yeah. you know under the tutelage of, of that man what, what was he like do you know
1: what it was it was it was a maverick right mm. and, and people either either got him or they didn't and yeah. you if you were to walk in it's like me day one you walk in and you start calling your names and you know, he'd be mm. calling other people names, and it'd it "Get you up," and he'd say, "You see him there, he's this? Is he's that, he's that?" Yeah. And he'd be calling everyone names. and You're thinking, "What? This is what I get at school. What? What are you doing? Yeah. How can you say that?" But it's conditioning your mind, and we used to call it—it it, was—it was brainwashing, but in a in a positive manner. It mm. was to make you mentally tougher, so when you do go out into the real world, because Brendan always used to say this thing and we we used to go to the prisons and do exhibitions with, with the inmates and things like that mm. and Brendan always used to say there was a lot of fighters ex-fighters that were in prison and the reason being if they'd be out on on a night out or whatever
2: yeah.
1: and somebody'd say something to him or say you know try and pick a fight with them and they'd react yeah. and they'd hit him and because they can fight the guy hit his head on the, on the floor and he, you're in jail do you know what I mean and that's it yeah. or you just get him for, for a free or whatever 18 months there you go and his idea was if you can take it in through one ear out through the other and it ha- you have no um, reaction to it mm. you're not going to react physically and it's not going to ruin your life because people that are calling you names and people that are wanting to be abusive towards you like that in that sort of manner yeah. it's not worth ruining your life or to to, to bite back, you know. Yeah. So he would condition his minds like that, and sh- people like me that were very very shy and wouldn't, you know, dare speak to anybody. He would do. He would have little exercises that we would have in the gym where you'd have to get up in front of the whole gym and start talking about yourself and start singing and things like that. Me, it was a nightmare. But it's <laughs> like, what the football?
0: <laughs> The initiation of the football. <laughs> 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 yeah. Except I'd imagine it was a little bit worse in a boxing gym. Yeah, a bit
1: worse, man. <laughs> but then you know when you when you see like big heavyweights doing it and i to been mm. doing things that like, you, you kind of feel a bit better. But yeah. um but yeah, it it, it, it it changed your mind and your mentality and and helped you become you know more positive and help you cope with things. But then it, it wasn't just Brendan, it was everybody else in the gym because everyone's everyone's part of the same sort of Upbringing, you know, my yeah. one of my biggest influences in that gym. Funnily enough, I work with him now. With when I'm working for Sky, is Johnny Nelson. You know, I yeah. I, I grew up when when Johnny was Johnny was there, um, mm. and he was always a big influence. He's a big big reason why to this day at 45 years old, I'm still in shape and I still keep working hard to stay in shape because I used to follow him around the gym, and I was just this little kid. He, he at that time, I think he was he was British champion, yeah, um, and. I'd just be following him around the gym doing bag work and then he'd do the at the end of the session he'd do press ups pull ups and dips in a circuit round and round and round and I'd just follow him around and started doing it and he stuck with me and I've watched Johnny as he's got older and older he's stayed in shape stayed in shape yeah. always pushing out and I've done the same thing he was a, he was probably the biggest influence on me that I had growing up not Naz and I grew up in the same era as Naz I, I watched Naz grow Course, up, yeah. go to the fights with and everything yeah. but Naz was somebody that was always that he was that like the dream do you know what I mean the, yeah. the, the superstar you know and, yeah. and not everybody can be that superstar and whereas Johnny lost his first few fights and, and came through I lost my first few and I I was like I wanted to be the next Johnny Nelson sort of thing do you know what I mean yeah. And, um, so yeah so he was a big he was a big influence on me as well as Brendan but those those two were the biggest biggest influence I had growing up really
0: yeah absolutely and, and I mean you 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 went amateur and you had a, your professional career and mm. and you, you I've I've heard you kind of in interviews before you kind of look back at it and you mm. you have some positive moments and there's negative moments there as right. well but ultimately your your career as as a boxer kind of helped you become the trainer that that you are today and you kind of yeah. attribute that your your career to to what
1: to to who you are today you know. Yeah, 100 percent I mean, listen, I am not I'm not particularly proud of my career as a as a fighter because I don't mm. feel as though I achieved anything. I want I won an area title. Um I've, I've boxed every the thing is I've boxed every distance. I did four, six, eight, ten, twelve rounds, boxed abroad, yeah. twelve rounds for the title, national anthems, the whole lot. So I've experienced all that kind of things. So mm. I I've got a lot of experience in those fights that when certain things happen to fighters, yes, I understand. I understand what's in there. Yeah. So it's all right when you've got fighters that are just so talented, winning every round, everything's going great, they kind of need guiding, but they've got everything under control and they're yeah. that talented that they, you know, they're not used to any, any adversities or, or, or difficulties. Yeah. But when you've got the majority of fighters and the majority of fighters that I've worked with are fighters that, you know, might not be the, the best fighter in the world mm. naturally, but they might have rounds where they get beat, where they're losing rounds, or they mm. get you know they get dropped, or they, you know. I I kind of know every sort of scenario in boxing in a fight. Apart from getting yeah. caught, I never got caught in a fight. So when a fighter comes back to me, and he's he's had that he's had that caught. Obviously, mm. I've experienced, I've been doing things, but I don't know what's in the head because I never thought those thoughts. Mm. I've been dropped. I've got up. I've dropped them. They've got up. I've had I've had all sorts of different scenarios in a fight. I've yeah. been winning a fight and let it slip. I've been behind on a fight and come back i've Mm. I've kind of like had all loads of different scenarios yeah so i can help them because i know what they're thinking yeah um and you know and on top of that i've studied the game and things like that you know people think that i've just popped up around belly time but they forget about way back then you know i I used to look after journeymen going up and down the country you know and trying to when you're working with a journeyman, you're, it's literally working, walking through a minefield with your fighter because they're usually in against some shit-hot prospect that's looking to blow the head off. Mm. And your job is to kind of like guide them through it and keep them safe. So yeah. you're always under adversity. You're always having them problems when you're when you you're under pressure. So that helps for when we have moments like that in the bigger fight, in the title fights, when you've got a prospect yeah. or something like that and you know little things start going wrong. You can gather on experiences from from like that, yeah. um, but um it's valuable yeah, that, that, experience yeah it it's, really that, that's, is. And, and that's that's the thing i mean i I' you know I, I think my first actual um uh, champion was a, a guy called Chris Chris Emmanuel, who was a journeyman and mm-hmm. then ended up winning a british master title got some, got on the verge of a fighting for a British title. My first British champions were Ryan Rhodes and Kel Brook who within a space yeah. of a couple of weeks won the British titles together. So you're talking about way back, you know, two thousand and nine, eight, something like that. When the yeah. first won the British titles, um, so then Bellew came on a lot, a lot, later, and the big fights came a lot later.
0: Yeah, uh, talk to me about Ryan Rhodes as well, because I, I, I've I, I've met Ryan Rhodes a couple of times, and just an absolute gentleman, just a lovely a lovely guy, and um, you know, I, I think I, I heard you, you know, talking about Ryan and how he his kind of his ambition was the British title. And you guys pretty much exceeded those expectations, yeah. well, which led to that, to that fight in 2011.
1: Yeah. Well, you see, when, when um, Ryan came to me, he was yeah. kind of like hidden on the undercards of energy of shows, mm. off, off TV. You know, people had forgotten that he was boxing. People actually thought he'd retired and he was kind of like written off. And, you know, yeah. so when he, when he came to me, he just wanted to get the fans' respect because he then felt as though in his early career, you know, the Spice Boy and all that, like he kind of didn't get the respect. He was always known as like being a flash boxer, skillful boxer, but then he had his opportunities and, and didn't take them or, or mm-hmm. you know, he, he got hit with an elder shot off of Jason Matthews and, you know, things like that happen. But he wanted to get the respect and he, his dream was to win the British title. So that was the goal. That, was, I, the one, that, that time, was the end game. That was the end yeah. game. And, and so we worked hard for that. I remember he got a crack at Gary Lockett for the WBU world title on, on an undercard at a Millennium Stadium, undercard of Joe Calzaghe. And he lost a close, close decision on that. Mm. And I said to him in the ring there, I said, don't worry, I'll bring you back now. And I said to, I said to Frank Warren at the time, who was promoting, I said, listen, he, now watch him go now. Because that mentally, because everyone thought Lockett was going to blast him out and around. And he was, he was always seen as being chinny. And so he kind of thought that but getting through that fight with Lockett and mm. nearly knocking Lockett out himself, it gave him the confidence because he thought, oh, you know what? I can take a shot. Yeah. Fighters have a lot of demons and some fighters, when they have a big loss, which he did against Jason Matthews, it can take years to get over. You know? yeah. It's easy for people on the outside to say, oh, you know, move on, learn from it, this is it. But yeah. mentally, some fighters will take a lot longer to get over losses than what others do. And with Ryan, it took about six years. And yeah. you know, and it was a locket fight that was the that was the key that opened his mind to believing that, right, I can come back. And we went down to light middleweight and um went on a hell of a run. You know, yeah. he won the British title, he won uh, the European title, the WBC Silver title, and we ended up gonna Guadalajara and Mexico and <laughs> fighting um Canelo Alvarez, which was a hell of a experience.
0: Wow yeah no incredible really an an incredible journey with him as well like i just want to talk about as well your your first kind of world title fighter was jamie mcdonald
2: Hmm.
0: and that kind of was a that was a strange one because was it three weeks out from his 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 world title fight in, in texas you just seamlessly kind of slotted in as his coach you're his trainer now and
1: it it ended up being a, a perfect, a perfect result for, for both. That, that you, do you know when you talk about this this sport? I mean, and I'm in football and the other things. Yeah. everybody's got everybody's got stories that you just think, wow. As if I managed Jamie McDonald this time, right? Mm. So I'm just his manager. So he's he's fighting he's fighting Kameda. Got him a great great fight. He's a massive fight. He's the, he's the very much the underdog. Kameda's supposed to be the next superstar. Yeah. So he's supposed to be flying off to Texas take care of it with his trainer I was going to come out on fight week and as you do uh, you know look after things on fight week mm. so three weeks before the fight I'm in bed six o'clock in the morning my phone goes <laughs> and I see and I know he's supposed to he's, at, he's supposed to be at the airport and he's supposed to be on a flight Yeah, six o'clock in the morning my phone goes I think so my first thing is shit he's got up late he's going to miss his flight Yeah. so I've picked up the phone and I've gone what's the matter it's like Dave and India. I went, <laughs> what? He went, I need you to come to Texas for me. I went, you what? He went, my coaching, my trainer's not coming. I went, shut up. I thought he, because he's a bit of a joker. I yeah. thought you're just taking piss out of me. Yeah? I went, I went, Jay, I said, stop pissing about it. It's six o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm in bed. He went, no, no, no. It's said, it's, I need you to come. He said, you're going to have to come to Texas now. He says, he says, my trainer won't come. I went, what do you mean? I said, where is it? He says, is he? I said, where are you? He said, I'm just about to go and check in. I says, what? And your trainer's there? He went, yeah. He's not, he's not getting on plane. He said, he won't get on plane. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is a wind up. I'm I'm literally back and forth like this. Said, no, it's a wind up. I won't believe it. So I, I said, I said, is he there? He went, yeah. I said, put him on. His trainer comes on the phone. And I went, You're right. He went, no, I, I can't do it. I went, what do you mean you can't do it? He said, I can't get on plane. What are you talking about? It's I'm, I'm scared. It's I can't get on a plane. I'm scared of flying. Oh. I says, Oh, hang on a minute. I said, You got on a flight when because he won the European title, he had to fly to France. I says, You got on a flight to get to France. It went, Yeah, but that were only a couple of hours. Says, this is this is Texas, am I'm not I'm not gonna fly. So I'm so I'm thinking, you're taking piss. I said, You're both in on it. Yeah. I went, should have I said, You're taking piss. I says, I says, I said, get on plane. It went, No, it's I'm not doing it. I went, are you serious? He's like, bear in mind, it's six o'clock in the morning. This is what <laughs> I woke up with. Goes, Are you serious? He went, yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I'm not doing it. I went, put him up for. Long. So he's come up for. I went, Jay. I says, listen. I says, is this a wind up? Last like, because I've got him now. Ring up Bellew who's who's got a fight in. I forget how long he got. He was. Tra- we started training. You were training fight. with telling Tony yeah. at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he got he he got a fight lined up, and we were training for a fight. I said, listen. I said, I'm not. Belue had just come back from spending three months in Philadelphia filming for Creed. So he'd only literally only just got back to his family.
2: Okay. I said, I'm
1: gonna have to I'm gonna have to pick up the phone and tell Bellew that he's gonna come uh, have to come <laughs> over to Texas. I said now nah, don't I said don't be don't be winding me up because I'm, if i if I'm gonna be having this conversation with Bellew, I said he's gonna be pissed. He was like, No, it's, I'm serious. I need you to come out. I went, All right, put the phone down. So I send Bellew a text. And I just, thought, <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, and this is what this is what my line was. I thought, do you fancy some warm weather training? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he texts takes me back. He went where? I went Texas. Basically, takes me back and saying, what the fuck? So I, I rang you up. I went, listen, I'm explaining the story to him. I, said, I don't, he said, I don't want it. He said, but he said, if you've got to go, he said, I'll come with you. I went, right, okay, so. Picked up phone. I've said to Jamie, I said, "Listen, I said I'll be out tomorrow." Twenty-four hours later, me and Belly were at airport catching a flight out to Texas, and that's, and that's how it all started. That's how it all started. How was Tony's mood on the on flight to Texas? <laughs> at the airport, it wasn't great, but we had, it was good. We got we got some good working. We got some good
0: working. Yeah. Obviously, you know, talk to me about your relationship with Tony because just I, uh, he's he's brilliant he really is he's he's great he was the first he was the first guest on the podcast as well and we just had great fun talking about you know so, some of his, his his memorable fights you know i think towards the twilight of his career was just an unbelievable yeah. highlight yeah amazing yeah, it like. was you know the the goodison park fight against macambo like that's that's one that that you got you know yeah I think the two years will we'll never forget for the rest of your
2: life. No. You know,
1: no, that you know what it was. It was special. It was just great because it was one of those where you know all the way through his career, people written off. You know, people are yeah. on the domestic level. He won the domestic Commonwealth titles and uh, whatever, and and people are. He'll never go above domestic. Like, mm. He won the European title. I'll never get to world. Won the world, and then he becomes a pay per view fighter in, in with the fights <laughs> with David A. and then and then Usa, fighting for the unified. Cruiserweight championship of the world. It's like yeah. what, and it just shows you that. And he will tell you, he's not the most naturally gifted fighter, no. But I tell you what, work ethic and yeah. attitude, and no matter what goes wrong, his attitude is I will overcome it. You know, yeah. and it was a phenomenal person to work with. We had some good laughs. We had some yeah. good laughs. And don't get me wrong, physically it was very very hard. But
2: yeah.
1: it was. It was easy to deal with because he gave me 100% of respect. He, um, you know, he asked me to coach him. I, I wasn't, I'd packed up coaching at that point. When Ryan Rose mm. retired, I'd packed up coaching. Yeah. And I was just managing and, pro- and promoting at the time. And then he asked me after the Stevenson fight to to coach him. Mm. And then um, from day one, whatever I asked him to do, we did. I didn't have no shit, didn't have no 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 yeah. crap, nothing. I, it, took a, it took a couple of years to get the red mist out of him because, as soon as he'd spar, you yeah. know he'd sparring. As soon as somebody crack, cracked him a shot, he wanted to start swinging away. And it took a while and a few bollockings in, in sparring mm. to 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 get that out of him. But then, with the maturity came, you know, and 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 the more con, more control and the more control he, he, he had, then you saw you saw his abilities Well mm. And ask for Goodison Park, mate, that is special. That yeah. is, that is something that I will never forget for as, as long as I live. I hope I never forget. And do you know what? No, no matter what no matter what happens in, in in life, once once you experience something like that, that genuinely makes you just so it's like, you know, it's different. It's different. So like once once you've got kids, no matter what goes off yeah. the way that I think, no matter what goes off in my life, no matter what shit happens, you know, things go wrong, I've got my kids.
2: Yeah. And
1: I will always have that happiness and I'll always have, you know please God, always have the memories of what you've done with your kids. Yeah. Professionally, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what what goes off from here on in, I've got memories like that and Goodison Park, you can't take that away. You can't take that away. You know, the Hay fights, the experiences. Sitting at the top table with every single belt. I remember the final press conference on Fight Week for the Usyk fight. I'm just sat there with Tony and it's quite emotional because we know it's his last fight no matter what but we're sat there, and there's every single belt <laughs> that you can win sat yeah. on this table. And I remember just thinking to myself, and I thought, "Fucking hell, we're at yeah. we're at the actual pinnacle of the sport. It can't get no bigger than yeah. this, you know." And, and you think, thought, about wow, the, that, think about all the naysayers as well. Exactly, exactly, you know, and, just, and, and 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 so that you know. And and listen, we didn't win the fight. It didn't go. The result didn't yeah. go. But but how many people can say that? They've fought, and, and and as a coach, you've worked with a fighter that's fought at the actual pinnacle of the sport, yeah. and that's something that that like again, it's these are memories that you. It, what they do is they they just make, not not content because I'm very driven and I'm very you know I'm I, I, I never I never stop and relax. Like even we have a win, even on the night. Straight after, I'm thinking about who can beat my man because of the way that it performed. Even if yeah. he goes out there and wins and looks great, so I'm never, I'm never, I'm never sit back on the laurels. But it gives you a um, an inner sort of confidence or an inner sort of peace of mind. Yeah, that the pressure's off. I, you know, the pressure's always on if if you haven't ticked all the boxes. We've ticked the boxes. You know, mm. once once you've you've done what you wanted to do, which was to win every title out there as a, yeah. you know, a British, British Commonwealth, European, and, and world titles. Once you've done all that, you, you kind of like appease yourself. You yeah and, and for me, the future, the, the, and the things that I, I say to my boys that I, that I work with now, your Hopis, your, your Larons and your, and your Jordan Gills, is that I'm after somebody that's going to be a pound-for-pounder. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to get one this year, but mm. what I'm saying is that is my driving force. That is what I want out of the sport. I don't want, I, you know, just winning another world title. I've, I've experienced winning world title fights with Jamie and, and Tony, and it's mm. fantastic. And I'll never, I'll never not that. It's fantastic, it's amazing. But I want to have somebody that's when I look at pound for pound listings. I want yeah. that, and then when I get that, then I'm going to want somebody that is pound for pound number one. Uh, that's how my mind works. I'm always yeah. going to reach. I'm always going to reach. And you know, I'm 45, and please, got to live. I live a long time. Mm. But I might. it might be when I'm 75, 76, and I might have somebody that's in pound for pound. And then I can sit back then and say, I've cracked it. I've done what I've, yeah, I've achieved. Everything yeah. I want to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, there's no time limit. It, it doesn't have to be a case where where people you know people are, are, are quick and they like to say, oh, Bellew's done now. He's never getting another fight. He's finished now. Is this? Finish is a long time. To say that something's finished, that's quite yeah. a gamble, that is. It's why I don't write a fighter up when when they get beat. I never say, oh, he can never come back. Yeah. It's hard, it's it's hard, and it depends on what what mentality of course, yeah. but you never know in boxing, in sport, what is in front of you. You yeah. know? And it's like, would you have ever thought that Tony Bellew had have become a big blockbuster pay-per-view sort of fighter after the Cleverly fight? No, because he got slayed for the of fire and he was like, oh, I'll never do pay-per-view again. But then there's that character that comes along, David A., where they yeah. just match fantastically. We were talking about in at the gym today, um, how everybody needs a rival. Everybody, you know, to, to, yeah. to, 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 to have that fight. To elevate captures, themselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that captures the, the imagination of the average man on the street. Of course, need yeah. Some sort of rival. But you never know when that rival's going to come up. Because mm. right now, might, you might look around the division and think, I ain't got no real rival. It can spark that interest. Yeah. Then the next man turns up, and he becomes a big, you know, he becomes a rival, and that's how it can work. And so, when people write people off, and especially with coaches, where you know, I'm young, while I'm breathing, I'm doing this job, mm. and and you don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I may never listen. I may never have another champion again. But if that's the case, you can't take away the fact that I have. Yeah. You know, previously, I've done it. I've been there. I've done it. So. You know, I, I'm quite content, but I'm very, very driven.
0: Yeah. I highly doubt that, though. I think you will have a champion. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm, so, I've too. Got some, I've got some, I've got some, I've got some <laughs>
1: you know, the, the three kids that I work with right now, fantastic talents. Yeah. They really are, really are great talents. And I'm, I'm fortunate to, to be with Do you know what it is? I, I'm, I'm very selective about who I work with because it's my, the I, way I look at it is my time away from my family. Mm. and it's not just the hours in it because I like to finish for three o'clock so then I pick up my kids then I'm around Brooke, my daughter she's big into music so I'm around with her when she's doing the yeah. sets and she's doing her, doing her, doing her uh, tracks and then Theo is football so from three o'clock I don't want to be in the gyms so I'm not I'm, that's what I won't, yeah. I won't do that so you said my, this that's you why texted me
0: this you said after yeah. it's after 3pm yeah. you're, you're yeah. pretty much free and it's it's, yeah. it's family time which I think it's, it's yeah. amazing and that, well. that's, but, but that's
1: I could have a gym. I I, I get, you know, I I do get asked to train different fighters. And it's not about oh, I always he think he's saying no to fighters. No, it's because I'm my priority is is bringing my kids up. You know, yeah. and, and I can do that alongside doing the best for my fighters, as yeah. long as I don't have too many fighters. I can't have a stable of 10 fighters if I want to spend the time that I'm having with my kids. Yeah. Because it's taking that away from my kids. So I I've had five fighters at one time where I can do the same thing with my kids. Yeah. So five is a max. Mm. So I've only got two slots. So I'm very selective about, oh, and it might not be for another two, three years before I take another fighter on. Mm-hmm. I've never asked for a fighter. You know, I've asked for one fighter when a fighter came that, that, that had left his coach and I asked for one fighter to come, uh, if he'd be interested in, in coming over. I've never asked any other
2: fighter.
1: Yeah. Kel, Ryan Rose. I've never asked any other fighters to come to me. And yeah. Um, and and nine times out of ten, with the with the three guys that I've got now, Laron, Jordan, and uh, Hope, I didn't want to. I not want to train them. I I, I was yeah. all right as I am. I didn't want to train them. Yeah. And like I said, it's because it's time away. But once I meet them, and if I get on with really good, they've got that great. They've got the same vibe as me. Same sort of same sort of attitude as me. Then I'm like, okay, let's 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 do this. And you know, he's it, got to fit in with with my family because it's like. It's not just the training side of things. If if I, if we've got a fight in London mm. this weekend, then from Tuesday onwards, I'm away from home. So I'm away. Yeah. If we're going on a training camp, I'm away from home. So I'm away. So it's the times that you're spending away from your family, like not just oh, a few hours here and a few hours there. But yeah. I did all that where I was in the gym till, till half eight, nine o'clock at night. When, when my little boy was a baby, I never saw him as a baby because by the time I get home... She yeah. was asleep as a baby. Do you know what I mean? I, I was home at half eight. I'd, I'd be home just to say goodnight to my daughter. And mm. I was like, this isn't this ain't what I want to do. Yeah. So that's why I, I, I stripped it right back. And I, that's why I, I do what I do. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy. My fighters that I work with get my full attention. Mm-hmm. And my family gets my full attention. When they go to bed, and the last thing that I do at night, and I'm up till two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, is that's when I'm watching my boxing videos. That's when I'm studying. I yeah. like it to go into my brain the last thing and that's that's the time everybody else is in bed I'm not sat there while my kids are needing me like that watching boxing it doesn't matter when you do your studying it doesn't matter when when you're doing your work Yeah. in this job as long as you fit it in and there's 24 yeah. hours in a day space it out so as well I've, yeah. I've, so I've, I fit in whatever I need to do do you know what I am mean? yeah.
0: I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate as well in the, the job that I do that you know I have my little daughter my little one and a half year old you know and I I I spend time with her, you know, what is it, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays is that's, that's my day, my day with yeah. her. And then her mom obviously is, is working and, and takes her to her grands on Mondays and Fridays. And Alison just lets me kind of in the house, you know, <laughs> creatively create what I, what what I, what I need to do. But it's, yeah. it really is. And it's, you're right. It's just valuable time with your yeah. kids. They're the best things that ever happened. You know, 10%. Sophia's the best thing that has ever happened
1: to me. 100%. Yeah. Oh, you know, we are, we are out of doubt. We are out of doubt. When, when, when basically my life changed when we found out that, that Mrs. was pregnant with Brooke because I went from being somebody that was, uh, I'd, I'd love to work on Sky. I'd love to have a champion. I'd love to. I was that kind of attitude yeah. where uh, I'd, I'd look at other people and say, oh, I'd love to do that, but never, oh, it's never going to happen to me to like, no I'm going to make it happen for me and, and I've changed my attitude you know yeah. and, and so my daughter was the first one that truly inspired me to change my attitude to be the guy that thinks it'll never happen to him,
0: yeah.
1: to, him to it will because I'm going to make it happen I'm going yeah. to, to grab my bollocks off and I've just you know it's just it's just been about that and then when they become their own little personalities you have to inspire them so yeah. you can't just sit there giving up when things don't go right and because other people say you shit think oh I can't do it mm otherwise, what what you're teaching your kids, you know, yeah. and and so they inspire you to keep pushing and keep pushing harder and harder and harder, and, and yeah, and that's that's where it that's where it comes from for me. Yeah,
0: no, hundred percent, it's great. It is. It's 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 an amazing thing. It honestly is. They're they're the best little things, kids. Mm. You know, little characters. But um, this I just want to I want to talk about. The, you were in Dillian White's corner for the Pavekin fight mm. back in July and that was obviously that was a tough a, a tough one mm. for Dillian how is he now and I know obviously the rematch is next month he obviously wants to quickly rectify that loss um, next month because he was he was in control of that fight and yeah. it, it's it was that kind of I suppose that scenario in boxing you know that one punch kind of scenario anything can happen you know
1: you know, the thing is, it's not the first time it's happened to a boxer and it won't be yes. the last. Yeah. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it before where somebody's come from behind. Somebody's been full of control. And what, it's heavyweight boxing as well. It's, yeah. it's the scariest division. It's the division that we like to watch most because there's more chance of that happening. Yes. You know, because, because what, you, you never know. Don't blink. And, mm. and that's the thing about it. And, you know, it, like I say, I've said before, he's handled it really, really well. He's yeah. Right. Like literally straight away, pissed off, pissed off at himself, pissed off because he, he you know, he, he he made the mistake, pissed off because of what happened, what he lost, really. But he's not sulked about it. He's like literally straight away, just thought, okay, I don't need no warm up. Get me back in it, in there. I'm gonna put it right, and mm-hmm. he's, he's he's working his ass off to put that right you know yeah. um so he's in a really good mental place um and uh, you know he's just looking forward to the fight he's looking forward to the rematch
2: yeah
0: these things and as you say these things happen in boxing and especially in heavyweight boxing it's 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 an unpredictable yeah. um division and obviously you know there's there's lots of talks and, and and dillian is you know he's he's in that conversation still with with the likes of fury and joshua and wilder you know
1: I the, just the, get- the thing, the thing is, he can't, it can't, there cannot be any talks about anything after this because it, it, it come away. From, you know, it, it, it was beaten so conclusively, even though it was just, you know, it was in control and everything. It was beaten so conclusively because of the ending. That is a conclusive as conclusive it, as it's ever going to get. Yeah. So he has to rectify <clears> that before he can even think. Before about de- even thinking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how I see it. That's how I see it.
0: And what, what are your thoughts on this elusive? Fury versus Joshua fight when is it going to happen I think it'll happen when things are back to normal
1: when they can fit 90,000 people in Wembley Stadium I think that's I would, I would, I would like to think so yeah but but I think somewhere like Saudi is going to come up with absolutely shitloads of money and especially with the situation I, I can't see in the window of time where, where they're wanting to make this fight I can't see like 90,000 people being allowed to go to a, to a Wembley stadium in this yeah. contract. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know, but, but and I hope and I'm wrong. But. It's
0: not as if it's going to be like, because we're talking today with Old Trafford, I think maybe, I think a third of the attendance is, is a third of the, you know, the Old Trafford attendance is allowed yeah. in, into the stadium. And that's just, that can't be the case with them. Yeah. With boxing, you, you, you need yeah. a full house when yeah. it comes yeah. to boxing.
1: Listen, listen, right right now, we'll take what we can get because yeah. we just need some crowds in. Because the, the problem is, with, with it's not just forget about the high end, we're talking about yeah. AJ and Fury. All these fighters that aren't with the promoters that usually box on small old shows, course. they've got no work, they've got no means yeah. to earn a living, they've got no means to, to further the careers. And a boxer's career is short as it is. and yeah. With them not fighting, take a year out, six months out, eight months out, their careers getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, and so it's important that we get crowds back, so we can have, um, we can, you know, we can have people's careers going. Now, when yeah. you're talking about the big fights like that, they need them, mate. I mean, yeah, it's just you know. So we'll go back to Dillian's fight against Povetkin. When he got when he got hit with that shot. Mm. It was the most eeriest thing I've experienced in boxing because was there was no crowd. There was no, no noise. Crowd. It was just... it was In, just in a, a backyard essentially. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a couple of Russians screaming and everybody else was silent. And it was yeah. like, weird. Now, you imagine that scenario in a pacto or two. Yeah. It's be unreal. Uh, that happened, just the feeling that whether yeah. the result goes your way or not, the feeling from and the energy from the crowds when something dramatic like that happens in boxing everybody feels it. everybody goes home talking about it thinking oh my god what were we just saw it's a mm. massive thing yeah you know? and and fans want to be part of that again you know it's even even down to even down to football when you see dramatic things in football you know oh. it was it was down 3-0 at half time and they come back and it's 3-3 and yeah. that drama and things like it's lost. When you just sat at home with your kid or you sat at home with your mate, or well, you can't be sat at home with your mate now. You sat at home on your own mm. and you're watching it, it's kind of lost. And yeah. again, as 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 humans and and you know, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female with sport these days, as, as people, people that love sport, you love sport because of the drama and the atmosphere as well. It's not mm. just what you watch visually. It's the drama and, yeah. and and everything that goes with it, and, and how the, the the fans react to everything that's going off there—the oohs, the ahs—when somebody's getting mm. something somebody gets rocked, then comes back. Do you know the big thing this weekend for me is Derek Chisora and the crowd singing Derek Chisora? Yeah. That is a big thing to him. Yeah, and when he has, you know, if you think back to the the Takan fight, if you think back to the Dylan White fight, especially the first one mm. where two and from. And he's he's absolutely goosed and he takes a step back, and he takes that big suck up of oxygen, and then he yeah. hears the crowd singing his name, and he swings back, and he goes. But it gives him that energy, it gives him that boost to go back again and again and again. Yeah, he's not gonna have that this Saturday.
2: Yeah,
1: it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a weird sort of.
0: It's a strange one. What's yeah. your prediction for that fight? Because there's obviously a lot of excitement with Usyk. Moving up to heavyweight, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it for, for about a year and a half now, but he's coming up against a very, very tough opponent in Derek yeah. Chisora. It's, it's um, in a sense, it's, it's not the ideal welcome to the heavyweight division for him. But Usyk is well, Usyk is a different, he's a different animal. That's you know,
1: yeah, Usyk's U- a. He's a, he's a genius in that ring and he's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic fighter and he's a great athlete. But Cruiserweight... He's a is character phenomenal. too. Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> he's I, get, I like him a lot. I get on but yeah. he's, he's great. He's sound. And a Cruiserweight, it was unbelievable. Now, he stepped up to heavyweight. He's putting on this weight and he's had a lot of injuries since he, I mean, there's been performance of the fights and little knocks and injuries and things like that. Yeah. I don't know whether some people, when they put on the weight, then what happens is the body, the body doesn't suit the weight that they put on and it makes them mechanical, yeah. it, it runs less efficiently and you can get more strains and stresses on the body and get injuries. Mm. Now, I'm wondering whether that's a case. I am wondering whether that's a case with UC. Now, also, when I watched him against Chaz Witherspoon, when I watched a lot of his training clips, it just looks heavier. It looks heavier and, mm. and a bit more mechanical, a bit more slower. Which works in Derek's favor because if you're taking away the speed or any fluidity of, of music, that is what you, you know. That's what you're hoping for for Derek. Yes. But then I saw a little clip of him, his latest clip, like from from the other day, mm. where it was on the bag, and he looked fast, and he yeah. looked athletic, and I thought, oh shit, that yeah. that's not good for Derek because stylistically, it's all wrong for Derek because the last thing that Derek wants is a, is a Pole mover. Yeah, because he struggles you know his feet aren't the greatest in the world mm. they're improving and and for me it all depends Derek's success depends on can he get his feet into range if he gets his feet into range then when he's firing he's got more, you know especially if he goes down to the body first and just starts trying to take his yeah, legs away Of course, yeah, it's something he can't be wasting his, his time you know missing up top Usyk's dropping in and out of range yeah, and he's yeah. firing from out of range It's going to tire him because he's going to be falling off balance every time he falls off balance he's going to drain more gas so he's got to, he's got to put the pressure on him but he's got to do it in an intelligent way so, so mm. he, he has got balance he's efficient he can't, can't like waste his energy because the thing that Usyk does really well is he actually drains your energy really well mm. you know, mental pressure that he puts on you his, his lead foot, his lead hand his little fidgets, his alterations of, of, mm. of uh, angles and of, of alterations of height, they drain you mentally because there's so much going on. Your vision, yeah. is so much going off, what he does. yeah, and It ties up because your concentration levels. And that's what, that's what we, we had to put up with, with Tony. And that's what drained Tony yeah. in the fight. Was, he, was, he was doing really well. He was, he was, he was boxing really well, Tony mm. was. He was having great successes and he was taking things away from music. But everything that was going off, the whole picture of what Usyk does, was draining him. And and yeah. and and that, once you start mentally getting fatigued, you start making mistakes, you start throwing shots that you maybe shouldn't throw, and mm-hmm. then Usyk counters and he starts picking up his uh, his pace and his work rate. So it's a very, very tough ask. Yeah. Um, but if Derek can get his feet into range, then... He is heavy-handed. He can punch.
2: You know, we've seen,
1: yeah. you've seen with attack on fire. We've seen with Spilka last time out. You yeah. know, he he, 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 can do it. And we don't know what he's going to be like taking punishment at heavyweight. Yeah. You know, we don't know if how he's going to be because he's never looked like the most comfortable person at taking punishment, even at Cruiserweight. He's not mm-hmm. somebody that will exchange with you. And when yeah. you are firing, he will fire as well. So Derry's yeah. got to work hard, but, it's whether it's whether he can get his feet into range because if he can't get your feet into range, there's no point in throwing punches. It's all right, people are oh, just throw, throw, throw. If you can't get into range, then then your punch rate drops because you stop mm. throwing punches because you know you're not at range. Because every yeah. time you're throwing and you're getting hit back, you then stop punching. Mm. And people think, oh, we should carry on just throwing, just throw anyway Well, no, it don't work that way. And yeah, it's it's an intriguing fight. It really is.
0: It is. It's a, it's a hell of a fight. Uh, Saturday night, Halloween. It should, be, it should be a bit of fun, absolutely. Yeah. I, wa- I want to move on from boxing completely and I want to talk about football because I know you're a big Man United fan like me. What, what are your thoughts on Solskjaer and the job he's doing so far this season? We have to take into account that there was no pre-season
1: for this yeah, for anyone. Yeah, it's a strange season. It's yeah. a strange season and I think a lot of teams are struggling because of pre-season. Mm. And people don't understand what pre-season does for players. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He, 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 that's the that's the bolt. That's the the thing that keeps the players going. gets them sharp, gets them fit. It's the fitness levels. I mean, There's so much to it. I mean, I spoken to footballers about that, and they always talk about how they dread preseason because of the workload of it. Um so everybody's so. And that's why I think you're looking at the table. You look at look. I'm looking at the losses. I'm looking yeah, at the amount crazy. of losses at teams having. It's like mad. It's like it's, wow. And you know, whether it's City, Liverpool have lost, obviously. And um, you're looking at all these teams, and and there's no, there's nobody that's just hit the ground running. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to allow and cater for that. Um. But as for, as for me, for with 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 Ole, is in a is in a situation where. First of all, you've got, you've got to look at the owners. You've got to look at the recruitment yeah. policy. And it's not just a recruitment 100%. policy now. It's been going on for seven years, basically.
2: Yeah.
1: And and so the recruitment that have been getting in has been terrible. It's not been good enough. It's not... The, the sign of player, and to me and you, we can say, because we're not footballers, so he's a good player. But is he a Man United player? Is he yeah. somebody that you would you would expect to be in a Man United team, if you so Bruno, you Bruno's the only signing. Bruno, yeah,
0: and Zlatan. But, but
1: but we knew how good the Latan was. Yeah, we knew how, how good the Latan was. Yeah, but you see, so with Bruno, right? Bruno comes along, and this is what's happened with Rashford. It's happening with Greenwood.
2: Mm.
1: So let's let's start with the young kids first. Rashford comes along, all of a sudden it's like we're pinning his hopes onto this young kid. Yeah. This young kid's got to yeah. turn this team around. It's crazy. You know? Now they're doing it with Greenwood. Greenwood's coming through. This young kid's got to, he's got to be a starter every game. Yeah. Remember back when, when everything was great and Fergie would bring through these young players, he'd bleed them in, drop yeah. them in, drop them out. Bit of experience, but around these other great players that could mm. lift them and could uh, could educate them. Now, you never had a young kid walking his team and we just pin all those hopes onto this young kid the pressure on that young kid is it's amazing.
0: crazy he, he's only just turned 19 Greenwood yeah. and a, a little hiccup in Iceland with him um, yeah. Bill Foden yeah. and the, the yeah. press are all over him yeah there was rumours that he uh, he was showing up late to training yeah but and where completely debunked that last yeah. week in a press conference so yeah. I, I just it's do people have any compassion I mean this is a 19 year old young lad yeah. And they're yeah. going after him for yeah. petty things. And, and are- do, you know, do you know,
1: can I just set you as well, can I just set you as well, you know the majority of people that, that, will, that are going, going after somebody like Greenwood, right, mm-hmm. especially now over, over these rumours, or he, he had a nick up for England and stuff and boys will yeah. be boys, and he, I'm not condoning what I did, but he's a 19-year-old kid, world yeah. at his feet, he's cracked it, do you know what I mean? But these are the same kind of people that you go to your local pub with, or when, when you used to be able to get a local pub, you go to your local public and you talk to you, these guys that used to be really good footballers when they were, when they were young. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I played at a good level. Me, and me Yeah, what, what, how come you didn't make it? Oh, I, I started drinking. I, I was going out with yeah. mates. So these are the same kind of people that are slating your green ones who's actually got through that stage and you're actually mm-hmm. doing something massive with his life. And he might have made a little mistake. Might have, you might know what I mean? Then these kids aren't robots. And instead of kicking the shit out of them, Educate them. Explain yeah. to what we've done wrong. Educate them, you know. And and it's it's difficult. It's difficult because we all want as teams to be successful, but you've also got to identify that these are kids, you they, know. You, and yeah. and also what 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 these kids need is they need senior players. Whereas you know you're going back when when when, when you know when the last group of players were were, were young kids coming through and stuff, you know they would got. Good. I'm. I, I I've been a Man United fan from from the Ron Atkinson days, from the Brian Robson days. Do yeah. you know what I mean? From from the Paul McGraths and and people. Yeah. Alex, you know, Arthur Alberson and all them people. You know, you would you had solid men around for the young kids to learn off. You know, men that you know, teach them about. Oh, work, things, yeah. Or, or, you know, other than just other than just playing football. But then the pressure that these kids have got on these days, which is what. The other, the pressure that the other players didn't have, your Beckham's and people like that. I think may, when he was coming through, maybe it it was the pressure of the newspapers and the journalists. Yes. These days, it's not even about that. These days, it's Twitter. It's every single social person media. that's watching TV. Yeah. It's social it's social media. There's no escape. And
0: look, look at Phil Jones. Yeah. Look, look at what listen. Phil Jones may not be good enough for Man United at the minute, but it doesn't excuse people from. Abusing the poor lad daily, I believe the the official the UK Twitter page made it made a joke about Phil Jones. You know, listen, that's just that's you know that's low. And and he there was a quote that came out from Phil Jones. He said, Manchester United, and uh, I'm, I'm actually they can they can give me a testimonial if I've you know spent a certain length of time at the club. Uh, but he said, I, I don't really want to, I don't want to do it because the only people that will show up will be my mom and dad. And that's yeah. what he said in a quote, oh, and yeah. my heart actually yeah. broke for the guy. It was, yeah. <laughs> and I just felt like, just please go to another club and find yeah. like find yeah. success there, you know. Yeah. Just be happy because, it, yeah. you know, to hear something like that. And I know people will carp, on, oh yeah, but he earns whatever, 70, 80 grand a week. But not. Fuck you, money means yeah. Oh, yeah. mental health is well more it's is yeah. far more important than that so fuck off with your assumptions that he's happy earning whatever 60, 70, 80 grand a week it's bullshit he's obviously he's not in a good mental state and it'd be great if he could move on to another club find success yeah. there and especially his injuries as well have have, have hindered his his career greatly so that's that's my point. That's that's but my yet, but, yet
1: is, but yet it's but is achieved far more than what what majority of people that's oh, out yeah. to play football do. You yeah, know what I mean, and this 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 thing. Listen, we all. I haven't. It's the same thing in boxing. I haven't got a problem with opinions. Right? People got opinion. People have taught whatever. And say, don't rate you. Don't rate this. Blah, blah. But it's when it becomes abusive and it becomes personal and it becomes, Yeah. And and like I said, back in the day, it was just about journalists. So what what is that journalist going to write? you open yeah. up a paper and you see it. If you don't buy that paper, you don't really know. Yeah. now, it, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere and everybody jumps on it. And, and yeah. so, these young players have got all that to contend with. Mm. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And that's why they have to be brought through it. And, and what I'm saying is about, about when, when you're talking about the older players putting their arm up, a lot of, the older generation of players, when they came through, they didn't have that to, to cope with. This is no. kind of like the first generation of kids it's like us as parents you know when we're talking about you know we have to monitor as kids with, with social media we have to teach them about yeah, uh, yeah. being aware well we haven't got ad- we haven't got anyone to go to for advice on that because mm-hmm. our parents didn't have to de- deal with that with us no you know yeah. if some if you know like when, when you talk about bullying and stuff it was bullying at school or bullying with your friends out from out oh, yeah. of school that's it now you've got online bullying which is such a bigger it's a different beast
0: altogether.
1: it's a horrible but but there's nobody that you can talk to as a parent you have to figure that out yourself so this generation now are kind of like are having to figure out themselves this generation of footballers are having to deal with it themselves and it's easy for us to say you're on 200 grand a week mate what you got to worry about no because when when you're earning whatever you are earning when you started off earning your YTS well I started off earning like a YTS 35 pound a week yeah that is that is you, what you are earning, you're, you're living, and you get on with it as it is. Then mm. you go to the next stage. Then you go to and as you as you going up the ladder, you've still got stresses. You still yeah. got you've still got pressures. Do you know what I mean? Maybe you have got pressures of keeping up that standard, keeping up. You know, you don't want to drop back a, in a, 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 your lifestyle. Yeah. Whatever pressures you've got, you've got pressures because you want to stay in the team. You you know, course, it's not yeah. just about money. You know, and, and people seem to think yeah. that. They do, so it's yeah. just about the money. Just because you're earning a quarter million a, a, yeah. a, a week, you have no stress. You have no. Well, if that's the case, then how come in a lot of you know a lot of businessmen, a lot of successful businessmen, a lot of people that are directors of companies and stuff like that, that are earning good money. They're committing suicide. Yeah. You no. Know, why? Why does that? When? When? When there's you know financial crisis and things like that that's going on, and people are in good, well-paid jobs, they're doing things like that because mm. it's not. It's, it, it's not just about money.
0: No, it's not. I, I was watching a thing earlier on. There's a documentary, good good documentary on Sky. Um, it's like a series, and it's different decades. And there was one in the nineties. And um, I watched. It was the it was the music episode, the music of the nineties. And they were talking about Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, right? And how he literally could not cope. He 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 loved being in the band when they were yeah. virtual nobodies playing yeah. playing in you know these these rundown clubs in Seattle yeah. in front of 50 people. And then there they are playing in stadiums, yeah. you know, two years later. And it just, it, it was too much for him. Yeah. It was way too much. And it's, it is, you know, people will say that money, money is is the ultimate happiness and this and that. Yes. If you, if you earn money or if, if you win money or whatever, yeah, you, you, you'll, you you'll feel that happiness, but it's not, it's
1: not everlasting. I just I just think money gives you freedom. It gives you it, it gives, gives you freedom. freedom. Yeah. It doesn't give you it doesn't give you happiness yeah. but it gives you freedom to make more choices and the choices that you then make determine whether you whether you're happy or not. Yeah. And 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 you know it's it's difficult when all you want to do is you want, you love playing football. So that is your job you love you love to do. Yeah. We all say, you know, find a job that you love and you don't really have to work. Yeah. so if you're a footballer you love that job that's it and yes you get compensated well for it but if you're that kind of personality that you love to play football but you don't like the media side of things where you got to talk with the yeah. TV camera because I'm speaking because boxers like this they don't want to be out there they don't you know, some they don't want to go on the social media and stuff like, but they kind of have yeah. to because they need to lift the profile for, for things if you don't like everything that goes with it but you love the sport and you, obviously that's your best way of Earning a, in a yeah. good living for your family, you've got to put up with a lot of stuff yeah. that you don't you don't like, you know. And it's easy for people to say, "Well, well, I I cope with wait for that." I, nobody, you you don't know because yeah, you you can't. It's very difficult to judge a man's life unless you're in his shoes and you're living 100%. his life. Because we all have things that are going on, yeah. you know. No matter what 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 social media looks like, no matter what people you perceive people to be, mm. you know. Otherwise. We won't be shocked when we hear that some says, says took his own life. It's like, what? Hey, He had every well, hey? Well, obviously yeah. he didn't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Obviously. Obviously there's stuff going off. And yeah. and this is the thing. And and it's it's like when you see something and then all of a sudden you, you know, everyone talks about being kind and always oh, should take people's feels into account. And then a, a few days goes by and they're back on Banamagan being personal and being abusive again. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean, you can't be, you can't you can't be on both sets of the, sets of the fact. Uh, contradict
0: it? themselves. Yeah, be kind and all that. It's yeah. uh, But look, look, listen. I want to I want to brighten up the mood, and I just want to end the podcast. This this is the usual end of the podcast. We've we've done this the last two episodes with uh, Rory Jennings, and, and we had Paddy McGinnis on a few weeks ago. And um, so this is what we call the wheel of impressions. So bear with me, Dave.
1: No, you, you bear with me. You,
0: you, the, 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 the listeners know Dave has to learn the impression. Whatever impression that lands on, Dave has to learn. I will guide him the way through, all the way through it. I'll, I'll, two seconds to get
1: this now. Oh, my God. I've got to do an impression. <laughs> oh, he's got
0: like a Wheel of Fortune thing and he's going to pick one out. Oh, my God. It's so big that I, I, I have to hold it. This, this was made by my. Um, my brother's uh, girlfriend. Was it really? It's actually quite it's, impressive. It's very impressive. It'll be. Do you know what?
1: It'll be. It'll be really impressive. if It lands on something that I can actually do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look, we'll go. We'll spin the wheel now.
2: Oh my god!
1: I'm actually nervous. <laughs> I, have, I have to
0: slow it down a bit. Don't worry, I'm not rigging it. So what have we got? Oh, it's it's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Oh, I can not speak like God. Well, all you have to do is just kind of, you oh know, flex God. your voice like that. Just say one word. Just say maybe, say I did the frame." Oh, if my you... God. <laughs> Keep going, Dave. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going.
1: <laughs> well, I just don't know what I can do. But... I'm not very good at this shit, but you know, I'm a good man, and I've got a great voice, and I like to play God. <laughs> that's about it. Dave, that's all you get from me, Dave. That's the best.
0: That's the best so far. You're the champ.
1: I'm just trying to make me feel good.
0: We should have a little graph like like they did in in Top Gear, where where you know whoever got the fastest time. I think Dave Caldwell is number one with the wheel of impressions. So yeah, yours is, is the you. one to beat. <laughs> superb, superb, sir. Look, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. That was just a brilliant chat. Cheers, um, mate. No, thanks for having me. And I, I, it's, it's crazy. Before we started recording, like, myself and Dave have just been kind of in contact with each other through social media and DMs and all that for the last mm-hmm. few years. And finally, this is actually us. The first chat I've ever had with Dave, so
2: yeah. no,
0: it was an absolute pleasure, and it didn't disappoint. You're you're a gentleman, and Good, um, m- more success to you pal. Honestly,
1: you know, thanks, just I appreciate time. that, and and I, I, I can't believe you made me do an impression that's going to go out there. I'm probably gonna get <laughs> ripped to bits for that.
0: <laughs> Dave, thank you so much, pal. Yes, man. Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goalscorer and more, they've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18plusbgambleaware.org, singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion.
2: Visit betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions.